Welcome to Voice Power, the podcast all about bringing the power of voice for your business or personal needs. With 94 projects under his belt, your expert on voiceovers, Earl Thomas, the voice. Welcome back to Voice Power, episode 12. I'm glad you are here, and you will be too, because I have an amazing, energetic, and talented guest pushing past her stutter to compete in contests run by the Royal Canadian Legion, Optimus Club, and the Royal Canadian Air Cadet League. As an adult, she competed in Toastmasters competitions and held multiple leadership positions in the organization. In 2016, she earned the status of Distinguished Toastmaster, DTM. Her resume of experience demonstrates a person who is always moving forward no matter what challenges life threw at her. Holly Marie Conway is a very experienced public speaker who began at an amazing early age. She founded her own business as a speaking coach, Strength Through Speaking, in June of 2019, and the pandemic did not stop her progress. Holly Marie uses her extraordinary skills and experiences to coach others, including entrepreneurs, engineers, lawyers, in speaking for presentations, business pitches, and elevates the status of her nonprofit employer in fundraising campaigns. She is also involved in helping women succeed at the Paro Center for Women's Enterprise in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Truly an amazing woman, and I am happy to have her as my special guest. Welcome, Holly Marie. How are you doing today? I'm doing even better now that I'm with you today, Earl. That's great. We're going to have a great time talking about speaking and your expertise and helping people get over their nervousness. And uh, let's just dive right in. I know you've got a wealth of experience in speaking. What is your most memorable early speaking experience? Mm. I always uh, tell people that I remember my very first speech. I was nine years old and it was about two socks that get separated in the dryer. I was also an advanced speaker at that age because I had visual aids. Yes, I drew a picture of said socks in the dryer and I did this all in front of Mr. Tayo's fourth grade class. The thing that makes it even more Astounding is that I had a profound stutter from an early age until the age of 14. So I would get up there, no fear at all, because I had something to say. And you didn't stutter, though you had a stutter when you did that speech? I still stuttered, but I was going to say what I had to say anyway. (laughs) Well, I was part of the Catholic school system. And at that point, they were very well funded. And they had speech therapists that would come in. I remember there was myself and a classmate. He had a very profound lisp and my stutter was quite strong. And they would take us out of the classroom and we had to do all these different exercises. And it was just one of those things that you have to work with professionals. I read a lot. I did a lot. I was very determined with a lot of things. I picked that out because I'm not deaf, but what I hear is noise. And my brain doesn't quite know the difference between 
a conversation or background noise or just, you know, the crowd, it all thinks it's the same. It's really quite interesting to look back on these memories and see how I communicate as a speaker, as a person, as a competitor, as a coach, how it relates to my disability. Well, you did a lot of uh, contests, didn't you? And I did so many contests with so many different organizations. So as an adult, many through Toastmasters, I've gone through a few levels with them. That's actually one of the connections Earl and I have. Uh, good old Canadian girl here. Uh, went into the Royal Canadian Legion. Yep. And the Optimist Club, they also have a speaking contest. And the Royal Canadian Air Cadets, not the, not the Army or the Sea, but the Air Cadets actually run a national. And their competition, it goes up to that level. And they, you are mandatory to do both a prepared speech and an impromptu. You can't just be in one category. You must compete in both. And I know I use those early competition experiences when I went out into the world and I actually became an aircraft mechanic. And because I had that ability to speak up for myself and compete, that meant when other men in my class didn't get any jobs at all, I would pick up contracts and I ended up all across Canada because I know how to talk. It really helps, uh, doesn't it, to know how to talk? And <laughs> It does. You can be great in a shop. You can, you can be great in an office. You can be very skilled at what you do. But if you cannot communicate that, you are at a significant disadvantage. And I know for a lot of us, uh, we're afraid that if we speak up about our abilities, it's bragging. But the truth is, is you need to let go of that. That is an anxiety response. And you need to own who you are. And part of that is saying, I am good at X, Y, Z. Because way I know that someone is blowing fluff is that they are very generic in describing something or boasting. That's when I know that someone is. And also a lot of body language, because as we said, as I alluded to, I have a hearing disorder. So a lot of my stuff is I pick off body language and your tone because I still do hear, but I have to interpret tone, your facial expressions, your body, and those things don't lie like a person lies <laughs> and that you have to be very well-skilled and very conscious of those to hide what you're trying to hide. With all those contests that you were in and all the Toastmasters experience, you know what speaking anxiety is. Now, how did that help you in helping others? Well, it goes back to it that they know that I'm a genuine individual when it comes to coaching. I may not have their specific anxiety reaction, but I can give my own examples for them, for them to be able to feel comfortable with me. I show them that this is a safe space with me, that I have come a very far way, and I have the tools for them to help. There's no one way to be a speaker. I now help people running businesses and experts because that's what people want. They don't want speakers. They want experts who speak. They don't have to waste time trying to find resources or books or videos or anything because I already have that encyclopedic knowledge. I'm constantly consuming information and media on speaking and I know what resources to recommend to them and I'm a skilled evaluator from top to bottom is that I, I see them who for who they are 
and I help pull out the best. I'm wondering, from all your experience and everything, what would you say is the nuts and bolts of speaking anxiety? Why does it happen? Like it happens more for others than mm-hmm. some, right? Um, well, you have to look back. It's it's a physiological response. Like people go, oh, it's all in your head. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and our minds are very powerful things. And when it's physiological, it means that the mind and the body have come together to take you down with anxiety. Um, and there are four different types. You hear of the fight or flight there's also freeze and fawn and the biggest thing is understanding what your anxiety reaction is for some people it's only in certain situations I know for myself uh, most speaking situations don't bother me anymore Um, it's only kind of in some extreme new scenarios that I still feel it. Uh, I am an introvert, so I have coping mechanisms for when I went to conferences and stuff, because I knew that they were great uh, opportunities to meet people, have experiences. I'm also a big fan of fancy hotels, so I wanted to go to them. But I also know that I get anxiety in crowds. I only have so much of a social battery. So understanding who you are and what your anxiety reaction is, is the nuts and bolts behind it, as you say. You have to understand who you are and how you react before you can get better. It sounds like you've read my mind for my next question. You've <laughs> seemed to answered it partially. Um, my question is, how do you help people overcome their speaking anxiety? Do you go through steps? Uh, Are there different categories? Uh, How do you help people? Well, with my clients, I always have kind of an interview with them. It's a little more informal so I can get a vibe for who they are just to see what's already out there, what they're presenting themselves at. And we kind of go from there. On occasion, I have told people you cannot be my client. You need to go seek therapy. This is more than a speaking anxiety. There are people with general anxiety disorders or people with some extreme forms of anxiety. And sometimes they think if they just go to, you know, a speaking coach or, you know, a life coach or something, this is going to fix a specific thing, but there is a greater cause and they're trying to ignore it. And I say, I cannot in good conscience have you as a client. I strongly recommend that you go mental health resources for their area. I'm just like, I give them the information. I say, you do with this what you will, but it doesn't happen very often. Thank God. (laughs) And that, um, I think a lot of the people who come to me, it's just that thing. We're, we're kids again. We're teenagers again. We're, you know, the peer pressure, the groups, we, we, we all wanted to fit in when we were young, right? And that we all wanted to be part of the group. Uh, we were fostering our identities growing up middle school, high school, and, Public speaking is one of those times that we kind of feel like that all over again. Most people are sharing the exact same feelings as yourself. And that nervous energy, we can we can transform it into speaking energy. And you don't have to speak as much as you think you do to create an impact. The loudest person in the room, the one who speaks the most, generally isn't the best speaker. 
the ones who are comfortable with who they are and their message. They get it out. They they pay attention to their audience's reaction and attention span. Go about the rest of their day, and that's the person that people remember. Yes, remembering a, a great speech, how you apply it to your life. We're talking basically here about communication, and communication is. for me is the basis of my voiceover business. Communicating to the client, you know, uh, communicating when I when I do the voiceover. You know, all that communication is so important. Now, talking about communication, why is communication important with you? I now understand how profound the obstacles I have. The pandemic and all the masks, I realized how much I relied on lip reading. And also, um, how many webinars do we have nowadays versus before the pandemic? And... I find myself contacting them and asking, where's the captioning? Because I can't understand what's going on. Very few people are clear and concise and understandable right off the bat. And the need for captioning is huge. And I know it's not just for people like myself who have hearing impairments, but people who may be in a louder environment, um, people who cannot play their audio at that time, and that you think of the people who are now at home that they have young children, they have elderly parents, maybe they're in large noisy apartment buildings, they're, they're in urban centers, or maybe they're in rural areas where, you know, the internet isn't that great, there's a lag. That captioning fills the gaps. And then also when I'm going out, I look for signs and I look for different ways to communicate and I have a few different hand signals that I use with people that seem to be universally understood. And I try to plan for things when I go out. Uh, so I don't need as many verbal responses. I'm reminded of we need more than just verbal communication as our mainstay. Yeah, body language is really important. It's really yeah. Getting, yeah. And I know that you have helped the different various clients with those various speeches. <laughs> and pitches uh, I'll, I'll first address the body language a lot of people don't realize that they have certain fidgets they have certain tells if you play poker you know all about tells right mm. um we have certain behaviors that we don't realize until someone points it out we have certain body language that maybe we overuse or uh, ways that we're closing ourselves off to our audiences so i shine a light on it and i give them alternatives I also give them strategies to cope with it. Some people, they freeze and they want to move their hands and stuff. And I give them kind of, you know, an asana, like the yoga. It's like, you're going to go through this certain set of movements and then repeat the last thing you said. If you find another one is they fidget, they play with their hair or their beard. A lot of men play with their beards. And if they're doing that in a webinar and they're speaking, it's very distracting. <laughs> like you can't be Dr. Evil. You can't be a Bond villain and stroking their beard. I usually humor with it and it brings it home. Okay, I'm being a little silly and they go on from there. But uh, going on, yes, there are so many different types of speeches and pitches. People think, oh, I'm just gonna speak. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Just like, oh, I'm going to paint. 
nope, there's different types of painting, there's different types of art. Uh, there are different types of speaking. Are I, I break them down because I, I ask them, what are you going to do? I'm going to speak. Nope, wrong answer. <laughs> are you giving a presentation or are you pitching? That's that, that's the first two that I go down in. It's Are we presenting? That's usually for information versus pitching. We're going to win. We're in competition mode. Then from there, I'll bring it down. Um, are you speaking online versus in person versus hybrid? Because now we're experimenting with hybrid presentations. There be a Q&A because that's a different skill set as well. Are you speaking to a general audience or an audience of peers? Is there a specific type of speaking that we're supposed to be following a certain structure? Uh, if they tell me no, I know they're lying. There is always rules to something, uh, whether they're posted or not. That's the thing. And uh, you just got to know where to find those rules. Same thing. I've seen some competitions posted and I, and I just know there are more rules than what they're posting. And then if there's always a tip sheet that goes with it, you see a lot of these contests submit a two to three minute video, yada, yada. And then I go looking, is there a tip sheet? And if there is, there's a reason why there's a tip sheet. It's the do's and don'ts that they've said. Uh, TEDx is coming out. There are so many TEDx events across Canada right now. And they have, some of them have one page applications. Some of them have seven page. A lot of them are now asking for teaser videos. Read everything that is with it. Simple as that. Whether you're going pitch or you're going for TEDx or you're giving a presentation to your chamber of commerce. That's what the, my last client did. She is a very skilled web designer, amazing work, and was asked to give a webinar to her chamber of commerce. Fantastic in her field. Love what she does. Absolutely terrified to do this, but I got to see her grow. And over time I said, what do you need to do? She goes, I just got a present. I'm like, nope. I gave her certain questions to ask the Chamber of Commerce and it came out what exactly she needed to be doing. And also she didn't need to speak as long as she thought she did. I told her, you're not going to be speaking for the hour. Is always the intros and housekeeping. There is your actual presentation. And then there's always a Q&A. Out of that hour, you're probably speaking 20 to 30 minutes maximum. Simple as that. And if we structure it in a certain way, we can guide your presentation to what people will ask you in the Q&A and the slides as well. knowledge there. Real oh, I do. I do. And I've just found a way to make it profitable for both myself and my clients. Because when they do well, uh, they're making more money and they use the skills that I've taught them. I, I'm going into this and I wasn't afraid because I knew what you taught me and that they didn't even come back for a second session. I was like, that's okay. I have others that do that every time a big major presentation or pitch comes up, they're like, we're working together. I'm like, let's clear the schedule. Let's plan this out. How many sessions? And they know I will keep them to it. And by me being strict, it also means that when they go into their actual presentation or pitch, they're a lot less nervous.
because they've had the stress of working with me already. It's a good stress when you work with me because I want to replicate that anxiety for you in a safe environment. You can still feel the anxiety, but you know you can handle it. I love your depth of experience and I love what you referred to earlier. I love your integrity mm -hmm. to get something fixed better, you know, that you're not working with them. Go and get this done and then come back. That is, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I know who I am and I am kind, I am intelligent. And as you said, I have integrity and those are things that you cannot buy ever. Now for my voice power listeners, special offer for them, uh, just because they tuned in to voice power today. I always have a little offer for any podcast I go on. Um, it's giving out little freebies from now and then anyone who contacts me for and references the voice power podcast will receive a discount whether it's a mini skills session or a full coaching session uh there will be a discount i don't have a code right now but i do keep a track of all the podcasts i go on and i know what i offer i put it in an excel sheet um, but I don't have a code right now because my website is about to undergo renovation to, to be something even better. Mm. Well, in that uh, reduction of price, do you, is it a percent or how do you label that? So the end of 2021, on a mini skills session, it is $200 instead of $250. If you want a coaching it is 2000 instead of 2500 and the full coaching is we do our interview together you have three sessions when we're going through your presentation pitch whatever it is and then we followed up with we kind of do a little pep talk usually the day before or the day of what you're going through that's a little anxiety calm down uh, whether you use it or not is up to the client. And then a post-presentation evaluation. So you get me a copy of you presenting, you send it to me, and then I do a detailed evaluation, including how you fix or how you accentuate. And that's so how you fix certain weaknesses and how you accentuate different strengths. Well, thank you, Holly Marie. I've really enjoyed talking with you. You definitely have communication down in a very positive way. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that uh, you came to Just Pros and we, uh, we met at Just Pros on Zoom uh, quite a few weeks ago. Thank mm -hmm. you for taking the time today. And Holly Marie, have a wonderful day. And my listeners, you have a wonderful day too. Thanks for tuning into Voice Power, the podcast that keeps you informed on how voiceovers improve your business and personal life. Earl Thomas the Voice thanks you for joining him today. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we look forward to you joining us next week.